Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Pat. We're live. I'm doing a cold open. There's no better way I'd rather spend my Wednesday evening than arguing about fucking Mike Boone. Let's do it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> this is what? This is what I'm hot. Anita Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. <laughs> Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you Tony? You can't handle the heat. It looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> yeah, Pat's uh, you know, black car service from uh, yeah. from Big Metro North. A little... <laughs> I got on the wrong train home. I got on the train going north. I went north. <laughs> It cost me like an hour. It was awful. I had to sit so in wait, some train What station. town did you end up in? Norton. So there's like a town called Croton. And I thought it was in Croton, but I was in like Norton. I was like, yeah. what? This is just knockoff Croton. Goodness. Yeah, how did, how did the show go? It went well. The show was good. It went so well that I was distracted and got all the wrong train. Um, Gretch, how you doing? I'm good. I'm arguing with Leonie about some inconsequential bid right now. Um, yeah, a little sick, but, you know, live and kicking. You got to love our process. We're back to our bullshit. Everyone wanted chaos, I think, for week one waivers, uh, or week two, I should say. We didn't deliver it. We were pretty organized. Today, it's just a fucking flurry of discussions uh, right before we go live. And uh, I don't feel like we've come to consensus either. No, no, nothing nothing makes sense anywhere. I saw one of our bids and I was, was shocked. Uh, <laughs> you you want to talk about the range of bids we have on Mike Boone, ranging anywhere from a dollar <laughs> to uh, all of it. That was the shocked bid that I saw. Okay. Uh, you guys are uh, you guys are kind of Mike Boone bears. You guys are kind of yeah. bearish. Both of you. We are. Yeah. Both of you are like total bears. So you just You're like a Mike bull, Boone. <laughs> Mike Boone is a uh, a career special teamer who might get a shot now. <laughs> this is the thing like my comp was we're all bi- bidding for Mike Boone as if he's Jeff Wilson when Melvin Gordon is the Jeff Wilson in this scenario. Like what was the most that TDP went for that week, right? Like he didn't go for over 100 anywhere. Yeah, but TDP, uh, I mean, had shown nothing, wasn't a good prospect. It was all opportunity play, and Jeff Wilson had established himself as a clear number two. I also don't think you, Mike Boone Bulls, uh, can use this Melvin Gordon fumbling thing as like some gateway when he had two brutal pass drops there coming in too. Like, how are th- those are just as big of mistakes? Yeah, my, I guess the the comp I've been using is Pacheco, which people people are excited about Pacheco. Because they're like, well, CH clearly sucks. And, you know, we're bidding. Pacheco's available in one of our leagues, and we're bidding on him quite quite a premium to what we're paying for Boone, which I get. I mean, I, and I'm with that. But, like, I don't know. It's a similar bet to me. He's like a two-downish guy who's shown some burst in the past, and uh, the guy ahead of him is old and not very good. But, like, weren't we – we were driving – Melvin Gordon was on the zero RB list. We were drafting him as a contingent play. We were very excited about his contingent upside if Javante went down. Javante went down, and now everyone's the meme looking over the shoulder at Mike Boone? Well, because Melvin Gordon, right, last year was really good. He had a really good season last year. This year he's not been good. I believe he's PFF's worst-graded running back, although I think that must be because of the fumbling to an extent. (laughs) Maybe we're just double-counting the fumbling again. But he's had a bad season. 
And it looked like Mike Boone was getting like a role before Javante even got hurt. I mean, Mike, Mike Boone was playing snaps over Javante in week three. I believe he's run more routes. He's run double-digit routes now in two weeks in a row. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm doing the the look over the shoulder because the guy in front is, is pretty ugly. He's, he's, he's not that. looking good. But, but, but also, did you watch the end of that game when Mike Boone had two, like, extremely catchable balls and dropped them both and just, like, look like he had stone hands? I mean, that, yeah, that doesn't that matter, but, like – he, he might suck too. too. <laughs> he might suck. No, no, and and I and I completely agree that he might suck. To me, it's like I, if this was week one, I'd be less excited about like spending up on a real bid. But at this point, I feel like the upside is there. The probability of it hitting is not ideal. Like what we're paying for him is overspending to a degree. But I think you're still getting the upside case that you want. It's just the probability of it hitting is lower. But it's also we're now going into week five. So like the probability of everything is going to be lower. There's no Eliza Mitchell's. There's no Miles Gaskins. There's no James Robinson's because those types of situations are, would have occurred in week one or two. Yeah. yeah. The, the other thing that is just very tough to untangle for this whole situation is just how bad the Broncos offense has been for all running back. They are throwing to too. the running back though. They are throwing. Yeah. I mean, well, part of the problem one, week one, they threw to the running backs a ton. And I think that's skewing stuff a little. Javante had like okay, what okay. sixteen targets or whatever. I mean, it was absurd. But well, spread it out, spread it out a little bit. Though. My, I mean, the the chat is going crazy. They're asking if it's Latavius Murray season. They're they're no. saying uh, stop. It's not stop, Latavius. Stop. So, it's not Latavius. Stop with the I'll, Latavius I'll, shit. <laughs> I'll just like I'll offer my thoughts on it. I think it's going to be Melvin Gordon for the most part. I think he's going to play pass downs. He's going to get the short yardage work because he is sort of the trusted veteran. The fumbles are bad. But, like, he's the guy – I mean, he has been the backup to Javante. He, they've liked him, whatever. He was good there last year. I think Boone has a chance to be, like, the change of pace guy and, and mix in on early downs and spell him. And Latavius is sort of just there. Like, that's the way that I, – I don't think Melvin's going to be great, but I think Melvin's the one that's going to have value. And then, like, Boone I, – I hear you, Pat, but I – and there's, there's a chance. And I, I think that's a reason to be willing to make some bids. So, like, I, I can definitely – see scenarios where i'm wrong on this but it feels like like melvin gordon is melvin gordon right like he's a guy that has been uh a running back in this league for a really long time he's a veteran he played college ball with russell wilson he's done it three downs they kept giving him chances after his first three fumbles it was driving me nuts as a javante williams bull they finally give him kind of a sideline role in in week four he doesn't get a touch until the three minute mark of the second quarter and Boone didn't have any touches either. It was all Javante Williams. It was all Javante, yeah. It was his breakout game. And then Gordon fumbles on that touch. And then after Javante gets hurt, they they played Boone two to one over Gordon. But I think like that was just evidence. They're benching Gordon for another fumble. It could be. It could be. Or they could be like, you know what? Let's see what this Boone kid has. And to me, I'm like, I don't think, to be clear, I don't think that that's what's happening. I think you're more likely to be right. But like, what do we have to lose at this point? Again, we're entering week five. Like, this is a chance. The guy tours ACL in front. So we we have an open backfield here. We don't even need them to be like two to one boon out of the gate. The fact that yeah. they were open to do that, the fact that yeah. they're like, yeah. we're so yeah. sick of this. We're just we're going two to one the rest of the way. I don't know. It, it feels to me like the upside's there for him to take over. But didn't the team not. already say that Gordon was gonna be yeah, I, I think yeah, they did. They said of and they said of course he said, ob- said of course. he said obviously, obviously was the, yeah, right. He was his yeah. thing that obvious and this is the stuff where I think the reaction to the Melvin Gordon fumbles and to Ben's point, you know, Dave says here he's one fumble from the bench. 
to Gretch's point, he has a long track record in this league. I mean, they brought him back. Some he, might say they, too long. Too Some long. might say overly long. <laughs> I was saying that last week. <laughs> Some they, might say, you know what's a long track record? Latavius Murray is 32. Wait, but pull like, up Anthony's this, comment here. This is so Hang good. on, hang on real quick. In this situation, though, like Mike Boone, I know he's not a rookie, but he's analogous to the rookie where he's going to have a much shorter leash. And Melvin Gordon, as the veteran, is going to have a much, much longer leash with this stuff. So anyone think he's one fumble away from just being cast to the shadow realm, I think is is over earnest there. Yeah. He's going to get I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think Melvin Gordon yeah. is the favorite for this job. Oh, you sorry, guys didn't seem to comment. know what I meant by that. <laughs> no, I didn't hear it. When Ben says Melvin Gordon is Melvin Gordon and no one knows whether he means that. I know exactly what he means. It's both a compliment and a diss at the same time. It's exactly <laughs> what it means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing they have right now going for it. Yeah. yeah. No, the thing is, is like, I think we just have to check ourselves because obviously we want to bet against Melvin Gordon. We're fucking drafting Javante Williams at the end of the second round. We all collectively want to bet against Melvin Gordon, but we also still know that that's not how these things often work. Now, one of the things I will say is Gordon is 29. This is something I was saying with Javante. He'd only played one season in his career coming into this year where he had played in every single game of that season. This is his uh, eighth season. He's done it one time. Like, if he misses time now, too, as a guy who has had Nixon bumps all throughout his career, has those, you know, skinny chicken legs, as, as people have said before, um, that, that makes Boone obviously a lot more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And it's, and it's I, just an upside play to me. And I think we're we're all a little flush right now. Everybody's a little flush. I think, I think that bids are going to come in pretty high for Boone. I think they're coming – after this week, we're going to go, that was a lot for people to spend on Mike Boone. But it's a sort of a, just an outcome of the way this particular waiver year has gone, where there's not been a guy. There wasn't a guy in week one or really in any week this whole season. So I think this is the first week. Would you guys disagree with me here? This is the first week we've had like a this guy week. This is the Mike Boone week. And I don't think we've had a this guy week in 2022. The closest to it was the TDP the TDP yeah. week behind Jeff Wilson, because again, the whole thesis there was ironically San Francisco uses a committee. They like using multiple backs. One of these guys is going to be relevant behind Jeff Wilson. Um, and then with TDP getting hurt, that thesis proved incorrect. And now it's just Samuel Jeff, and Kyle Jeff Jeff Wilson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with that premise for sure. And I also agree with you that, my, my pushback is this. People thinking that they're just going to come out and Mike Boone's going to be like leading this backfield, I think are truly delusional. But to your point, over a four or five week sample size yeah. by the playoffs, could momentum or whatever propel Mike Boone into a bigger role? I can certainly see that. But the way the chat, the way people talk there, Melvin Gordon's busted. He's going to be on the bench. And this is Mike Boone's backfield, which is insane. Yeah, but that thinking, I think, shows you the hunger for someone to emerge as like the guy, the waiver wire guy, we found him. This is the guy we've been that on. That doesn't so I mean think it's right. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's right. Love the hugger. Yeah. I'm just saying the market is frothy right now for, for sure for to spend their money. So I think that, you know, your, your aggressive bids are probably price enforcements and your let's, let's keep it reasonable. Bids are probably dead. Like I, th I just think the market, well, you're the one working everyone up into a, into a friend. I, I don't know. Pat, I'm just, to... I'm just reading the room. I just think I'm reading the room here. <laughs> I know. I'm not so trying to influence. The... Make me right. Make me right. Yeah. <laughs> if the mark, if, if the, if everyone's frothy and everyone wants to bid $500 on, on Mike Boone, 
like, do you want to be the win- one that wins that bet? Because no, I do no. think you have to – I mean, even at you three, have to, do you want to be the one that wins that? Because I do think you have to – Depends on the league. Depends you on have the league to there. question, I think, um, you know, how good of a bet he actually is in terms of using that money for that. Or, I mean, well, there's no guarantee there will be another bet like this, and we have gone three weeks and there hasn't been one, and that's what's feeding this excitement. But I think we've seen enough uncertainty in these backfields that – I mean, it wasn't just him this week. It was Caleb Huntley, right? With with you know, Cordero Patterson goes to IR. Algiers rostered everywhere, but Caleb well, Huntley. Algiers, is... that's the that's the guy. I mean, if you picked him up a couple weeks ago, like we did. Hey, God, one more thing about this Latavius Murray. So Latavius Murray okay. had an option to re-sign uh, or stay with the Saints, and he's here sitting looking at Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, and he said, "Do you know what backfield looks easier for me to climb?" You know who's Melvin dust? Gordon and Mike Melvin Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> You know who's total, saying. totally washed? Melvin Gordon. No, he keeps no, fumbling. Not- They're about to. He's one fumble away. He told his no, agent, no. "He's one fumble away." He's looking up one <laughs> rung up the ladder. He's looking at Mike Boone, and he's looking at Mark Ingram, and he said it'll be easier for me to dust Mike Boone oh, no, than it will that. Mark Ingram. No, he lo- he was looking at Kamara versus right. Gordon, and that was a good choice. I got a question. If if Javante Williams doesn't get hurt, would this be Caleb Huntley week? Would we all be talking about spending two hundred and fifty bucks Probably. on Caleb? No. Caleb Huntley ran a 477 and is 230 pounds and is a goal linebacker. I actually have put some bids in for Caleb Huntley. I think he's fine. But I think I think we we'd be at like 150. I think I'm Caleb Huntley over Mike Boot. I love it. Why? You got got Damon Williams is coming back in two weeks. Damon Williams is is not Melvin Gordon. I know he's good. Melvin uh, Gordon is Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Damon Williams. Damon I mean, Williams that guy, is not Melvin Gordon. That guy actually has been relevant. Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know. No one knows what it I means. Think he won me a dynasty pocket. league one year. Um, no, I, I don't know. I've, I've lost my train of thought with my randomness. But the – no, I mean, Algier, I think, is, is going to be the better <laughs> bet. I think it's a significantly better bet than Caleb Huntley. Yeah. what You were telling us uh, 40 – uh, times for Huntley. What did you say he ran? Yeah, I think at four seven seven, and he okay. he did that at two ten, and now he's two thirty. So in the last like year and a half, he's put on a lot of weight. He looks huge, and, and they bring him in at the goal line. Yeah, no, he ran I, he ran for a whole series, and they just let him roll, and they really liked him late in the game. Like he kind of no, took well, over. Okay, but I, I did check the the game log on uh, or the play by play. I didn't go back and watch it, but Algier had. The run that got him to like the 16, and then Huntley came in, and then Algier had a run that got him to the two, and then Huntley came in. Now, maybe that's like the, the one that got him to the play. 16. Huntley had five straight carries. Algier okay. came in for two and got them to the 16. Huntley came back in for three. And then the next okay. drive, Algier and Avery Williams got the first three carries, and Huntley came in for the goal line work. But they gave Huntley like that whole first drive. They gave him eight out of the 10 carries. Algier basically spelled them and then Huntley. They split carries. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's unfair to call him a goal one, but I just, I'm skeptical given the the speed. You want to hear a Galbrain idea? Um, This goes back to like what we're talking about best ball and leveraging your portfolio and, you know, double downing on bets. On your Kyle Pitts teams, you go hard after Caleb Huntley because if this backfield is supporting two running backs, those are touches not going to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> so you ease your Kyle Pitts tilt with Caleb Huntley getting ten plus carries a game. Gretch can't. I like it. That. I can't. I'm, I just you, can't anymore. With do you want to say Pitts something stuff. about Kyle Pitts? He's getting no. He's getting attacked these days, Gretch. That has nothing to do with Kyle Pitts. That's what I'll say. I mean, I wrote we it. All in agree the, with I wrote that. in ceiling signals this week, but his per route stats, his per route volume 
is, I mean, and he's not Mark Andrews, but it's like literally on par with Mark Andrews. His targets per out run are 24% of routes. It's, it's elite. His weighted targets per out run because of his air yards are, are higher than Mark Andrews, who also gets air yards. He's like on a per route basis, tearing it up. But he ran 29 routes over the last two games combined. 29. I mean, what what like that's that's the team. They're not dropping back to pass. That's enough. like that's like half a Jets game. That's like half a Jets game over two games combined. <laughs> but just but don't don't run your offense like half the Jets, please. But it does that's go to so the bad. thing. Like it's the it's the Bears issue, right? And the Bears were supporting two running backs because they were running the ball <laughs> so much. Like, I mean, this backfield can support two running backs if they continue with this level of play volume for passing. Well, part of it is they've been in every game. All four of their games have been decided by one score. They lost by one. They lost by four. They won by four. They won by three. They're going at Tampa this week. They go back home to face San Francisco at home. That's probably going to be a run-heavy game on both sides, but some possibility they're down like three scores. And then they go at Cincinnati after that. I think in that three-game stretch, they're going to find themselves in a bigger negative script than they've been in. Although against the Rams, they were down 28-3, and they got back into that, and they – they made it a close game late, and they did that while only throwing a total of twenty six passes. I, I just I would also caution on counting on Cincinnati to push anyone to the air. They yeah. they are they are always going to let us down there. I think the Buccaneers uh, will. I think the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers again, and uh, as long as this Brady. But no, what's going to happen is this Pitts hamstring thing is going to keep him out this week, and then they're going to throw forty times. Like that's gonna that be- is what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's man. the letting Gino or. Uh, uh, Pete Carroll lets his quarterback cook once Gino leaves. Like Arthur yeah. Smith has him throw the ball 50 yep. times with Kyle Pitts out. <laughs> yep. The bear case, here's the bear case. Pitts doesn't play this week. They go off. They get San Francisco's total run-heavy, gross slugfest. Cincinnati blows it like we know they're going to. Then they get Carolina. <laughs> Carolina, they might run 25 combined gonna, plays. That game's going to fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Oh, um. Man. Let's see here. Rashad White, Sisson approaching. I mean, talk about a thesis starting to play out. I mean, I know a lot of that was in garbage time, but man, sure well, Fournette, encouraging. Fournette played the last series, so it wasn't that garbage. Okay. This is like uh, Fournette playing uh, with the preseason uh, first team early in. But yeah, I, mean, so I was literally much... watching. <laughs> like, okay. Fournette's Wait, back so out there. Then. Do you think Rashad White has, because I think it was what, week three when uh, Fournette played 100% of the snaps? I mean, do you think Rashad White has carved out uh, a bit of a standalone role here? I think we'll see something akin to what we saw. Last, like, I think everything we saw last week was real. I just, yes, they were, I mean, they had a 16% pass rate over expected. That's going to help him. They had an 89% you know? actual pass rate because their expected yeah, yeah. rate was very high. It was the highest ex- actual pass rate of any team in the league. It was 90%. Of th- they ran six six rush attempts all game. Yeah. But, I mean, White, I think, is an okay rusher. Like, I don't think he's a James White type dude. Like, he's, you know, he can yeah. he can run the ball as well. So, I, I think it's mostly real. I think this is probably going to be a high watermark for, like, the short term. Like, let's say over the next three weeks or something, it's probably he's probably going to decline from here. But uh, I thought he looked really good. He looks like yeah. he's gliding out there, man. He looks great. He looks better uh, than Fournette. He looks better than Fournette, yeah. And they talked – entering the game, they said, we want to get him more playing time. Uh, he fumbled the kickoff. Which put them in a huge hole, and then he continued to get work. So I, yeah. I think it's I think it was a very very bullish sign. So I don't, I don't think you're the, starting them or anything, but yeah, I, I totally agree. The thing I noticed in signals, I did the same thing. You're just talking about about going through the the play by play log a little bit. 
all of his touches were confined to uh, two drives, basically. His mm-hmm. In the second quarter, he got a whole drive where he had a catch on the first play and then a catch on the second to last play. In the third quarter, he got a drive that ended up being like a 12-play drive or 15-play drive or something, 11-play uh, drive. And he got, I think, five touches on that drive. And then, it, sorry, it wasn't just two, but it was one in each half. And then the very last drive of the game, he was out there. You, I think you said Fournette. Fournette played, I think, on the second to last drive. He caught a TD on the, And then they had the, really? one more. They ran five plays. White oh, okay, okay, pass. okay. Um, I'm a really late. Like, I was about to turn the game off. Yeah. I was like, oh, Fournette's out there. Yeah, he caught a TD with, like, three minutes left. It was their, la- it was their last uh, touchdown, okay. their last. Okay. And then they had a five-play drive with 45 seconds left. And White was out there for that. He caught one of his passes there. But prior to that, he basically had all of – or he did prior to that have all of his touches on two drives. And one of them ended up being very long. The way I looked at it was like they're gonna give him every third drive or whatever, like we see teams do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And and it happened in this game that one of them was an eleven play drive where he got a couple carries and also and that's where he had the short touchdown run and he also caught a couple passes on that drive. Um, so I think his actual workload in terms of like touches because he ended up having five catches and three carries and Fournette had like seven catches and three carries. I think that was a little bit juiced up just by the like heavy pass rate, and he got more receptions on his drives than what we'll see like as a split going forward. But it was nice to see him play full drives and stay on for an eleven play drive yeah. and have a carry on the yeah. first play and have a carry at the end of the drive and score the TD. Um, yeah, I mean, he seems like he has yeah. to do some kind of role. I'm I'm not like I, I completely agree with that. Like I don't think we're I'm not going to advocate for us starting Rashad White in any leagues this week. No, like I, I'm not like, oh man, he's gonna, you know. But I think from a from someone who has a pretty big position on Shadowy, it was awesome to see. Like I loved everything about it, and I think it's very bullish for you know when we talk five six weeks from now. Yeah, right, and the whole good, thing, like you said, that's the like probably the the best thing for me was like, did he look quick? He looked good. And, yeah. and, even, and I would say even more important is just not making mistakes, right? Like yeah. you let Tom Brady get blown well, up once. Like it's yeah, it's make CG. your mistakes on special teams. <laughs> he fumbled yeah, the kickoff. Hit. That was the one bad thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That doesn't matter. Yeah. That doesn't get Tom Brady hit. Did they recover <laughs> it or did they lose that? They, they lost, lost it. That's that's oh, why they're trailing. I mean, that's like, he they gave up a so get more snaps. That's how you get yourself on the field. Four seconds into the game, they were down seven nothing because he fumbled the opening kick and the Chiefs scored a two two plays. Yeah. Uh, he's a fucking can... genius, man. He's he's playing three-dimensional chess out there. Oh, no. I guess we'll have to pass more. <laughs> Mike says, Fat Lenny is like pickleballing for the old. White is tetherball. I came for the use. Make your decision. Oh, I do wisely. like tetherball. There it's you go. Uh, Nick was asking tetherball? about Tetherball? What, like, what do you mean playground. use? Like, like literally elementary school? Is that? Yeah, I think he means what we were used. Okay. Uh Nick asks, where are we at with James Cook? I'm holding in a few season long spots over guys like Algier. Not sure if I should be. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I would I would I would hold Algier over Cook. Me too. Algier over Cook, no question. And they weren't even that different in ADP coming right. out of the no. Thursday night football game, like those weekend drafts. That's not Cook has a shot to earn a role like most rookies over time. I think what we saw in this game with Singletary getting up around like a close to a 90% snap share was it was a really competitive game. They were trailing. They wanted to win this game against the Ravens. There's potential, you know, number one seed implications down the line. The Ravens are obviously one of the better teams in the AFC. And the Bills told us, like in a game they want to win, they're they think Devin Singletary is their best running back. They're going to use him a ton. But I do think they're going to rotate him and keep him healthy and keep him, you know, fresh for the playoffs, which is sort of the concern on Singletary all throughout is like, 
the Bills are smart. They're not going to just like ride him as like a every down back all season long, knowing they are trying to play 20, 20 games this year. They're trying to make the Super Bowl, you know, so they used him really heavily in this game. I don't think you're going to see Singletary have that type of a workload every week. I think that was, you know, pretty relative to the Ravens. Uh, being their opponent. It is interesting that they just, so they had this role that they clearly had carved out for McKissick and for Cook, and then they've given it back to, they, then they tried to give it to Moss. That didn't yeah. work. You stayed bullish on Singletary, Ben. You're clearly right, because, I mean, to get this kind of workhorse role again, I thought he was, I thought that was over. They gave it back to him. And I think that's pretty interesting because, like, why, what, is Cook just not ready for it? Like, why aren't they giving this to Cook now? I mean, I think they think they, they can trust Singletary more. Like, he's better. Like, this is <coughs> – I stayed bullish on him after the opening Thursday night game when we were in Vegas. We were talking about it. My big thing was, like, I, I thought Singletary looked like their best running back in that game. Like, he ran over a dude and he did some stuff, got the coach pumped up. Like, he looked like their best player. And I think this game was sort of that evidence of what I was trying to say, which is, like, they think he's their best running back. When they were in a game that they wanted to come from behind and win and every possession mattered because they got behind early – they played Singletary as much as he could handle. Yeah. Um, and he can yeah. handle a lot. I mean, that's to the extent that that's a skill. He's got that skill. But what, yeah. what were your usage notes on James Cook? Because it's not like he's just a complete ghost. He had four for 37 in the passing game. He just barely played any snaps. I guess I didn't really dig into it because I, I, I maybe didn't even see he caught four passes because he uh, played. It's nice that he's running routes. I mean, he's had a couple yeah. catches. I didn't see that. Uh, the, he didn't have four for 37 in this game. Oh, he does for the year? No, he had four for 37 against uh, – or sorry, I was looking at the uh, – sorry, I was looking at the Dolphins uh, game. Yeah. My bad. yeah. He only played two snaps in this game, and Moss played six. They, like, literally yep. didn't play. Cook does look good. Like, when I've – when he's gotten – what was it the – where whoever they played in week three, I think. And they, the he, Miami they game. Like this two, is the one. The Miami, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had some true garbage – that was true garbage time, right, that he was in? But I thought he it was looked 21 19 game. I don't know how much garbage time there was in that one. What am I? Maybe I'm thinking of a different week. He got he got run and the like, Titans they blew time. out 41. That's yes. who it was. Yeah, the yeah, Titans. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, damn, he's he definitely looks the part to me. He got a lot of rushing rushing attempts against the Titans. Correct? Yeah. 11 yeah. carries, 53 yards. And he looked good. Yeah, he had a long run. It's gonna be a slow burn with him for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like he's earning more work. The I think after the Dolphins game, what I wrote about was that they, you know really scaled Moss back and and looked like they were moving Cook towards that receiving role as a secondary back role, right? Like in week one and two, it was more like Moss is the secondary back. Moss's <laughs> role has declined every week. <laughs> the Moss thing is crazy, isn't it? Like that's why I was so bearish on Singletary because I was like, look, if they're if they're letting Zach Moss play receiving role over you, you're bad. But well, it I don't seems know. like they, they do the same thing every year where they're like, we're going to get Zach Moss going. We want Zach Moss to be involved. <laughs> and then like a few weeks in, they're like, Actually, we, no, don't. we don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my big thing after uh, week one too. Though was like Zach Moss looked as bad as Zach Moss is, and they're gonna realize that really quick. <laughs> bad as Zach Moss is. <laughs> Zach Moss is Zach Moss. Is that yeah, Zach like? Moss is Zach, Zach Moss. Moss. <laughs> they needed to figure it out again after you know in week one, but they figured it out quick. They have Zach uh, Moss amnesia every year. Gretch, I wanted to pull this up from uh, stealing signals this week. The haves and the have-nots. Talk about uh, this exercise here that you did at the end of the Well, post. we were just talking about how Atlanta sucks so bad. Like, so Sean and I on Stealing Bananas have been calling it this idea of the has and have nots. But, like, well, who are the offenses that are good for fantasy football and who are not? And it's become a – I mean, this is – I wrote in, in, in this write-up, like, this is something that everyone thinks about their first 
time playing fantasy. Like we want the players on the good teams, but we talk a lot about targeting players, obviously talk targeting profiles. And I think that's the way you play fantasy at a high level, but the NFL is moving to where this gap between the good offenses and the bad offenses is, is just expanding these last couple of years. We were talking about it a lot last year, Sean and I, I think it's even more prevalent this year. Um, so yeah, I thought it'd be fun because I keep talking about it to, to rank them this week. I was kind of curious what you guys might think about this. Yeah, I do think it's like a, a fun exercise. It's crazy how it, on the screen I can't even see the Denver Broncos, which is absolutely correct. But if you would have told anyone that they would not have been in one of these top three heading into the season, it would have blown people's minds. So why aren't the Eagles in the very best offenses? Mm. I mean, maybe they should be, but they're like they went pretty run heavy this week. But to um, me, that's a reason maybe to have them in because they have that gear. It's like you can't. I mean. Maybe I shouldn't say can't, but like Jalen Hurts had a bad game in the weather and they pivoted to just like absolutely crushing the Jaguars through the run game. So now you're like, oh, so Miles Sanders has like a ceiling and you're not like panicking at all on A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard. The other thing in doing the walkthrough research, it's kind of nuts. Dallas Goddard ran a route on 100 percent of dropbacks last week and um, Devontae Smith's run a higher route rate than AJ Brown. So you've got these two guys who are definitely like secondary pieces to AJ Brown, but they're out there all the time. Yeah. And so you're concentrated. It's super concentrated. Those two guys, they have strong target shares and air yard shares because they're out there so much. So even if AJ Brown is going to dominate on a per route basis, which I think he's going to continue to do, they can still get there a little bit. So I don't know. So one one of the things I was trying to do here and very bad offenses kind of throws it off, but it's this idea of like being good for fantasy, not just for maybe their team, but for both teams. So one of the things with the Eagles that they have a gear where they can go so run heavy is they can kind of wipe away their opponent's ability to do anything yeah. in that game. The Bills and Chiefs, basically every game are going to be so heavy and on pass rate over expected that they're also going to, and they're good, but they're, I mean, they have good defenses. They're going to maybe shut down some teams, but they're going to force most teams to throw. Like we just saw the Bucks finally have a Bucks game because they were trailing the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Like they took the, another good offense and turned it into a really good football game. Uh, the Bucks haven't played like that in any of their other few games. So the Bills, like the, I guess my answer would be the Eagles probably belong there, and I think it's a great point, but it's more just that I'm that high on the Chiefs and the Bills as what they can bring to any football yeah, game. that's fair. Let me pitch you another one. This one's tougher because uh, Tua's out right now. But assuming Tua comes back, looks like Tua, Miami's going to push people. And they're super concentrated. And I think their defense might suck. So, I mean, I think they're just going to be like, they're going to be that that shootout script where you're yeah. like, this this looks like a game where, you know, we, we're starting everybody. once. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we saw that against the Ravens. I mean, that like they're, I have them in this clear have section. I mean, I, I wasn't like having them in the second tier again is just like I was putting the Bills and Chiefs in their own tier to be like the Bills and Chiefs or the Bills and the Chiefs. But I think the discussion is more interesting about like the next tiers, like the ones that you have to think about. Do any of like the Cardinals or Lions or any of these teams, are they clear haves? Are there any of the teams in the group below, which I think the Broncos are in the one below if you scroll down a little, Pete? Um, they're like have contenders, but questions linger. The Cowboys, the Steel- I think the Steelers could actually be this team that is kind of exciting. I think the Jaguars could be yeah. an exciting team. I'm yeah. surprised. The, halves, the, yeah. the other one, and I, I know they're coming off of two just really ripe spots, but I mean, if the Seahawks keep rolling here, I mean, Geno Smith's like top seven, top eight in basically every advanced QB metric right now. I mean, 
I almost feel like he should be in like the glass half full with the potential to get into the half contenders here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe I'm low on the Seahawks. I think they're going to have, I mean, I, I've watched Pete Carroll for too many years out here in <laughs> yeah. Seattle. I think they're going to have a 45 play game like this week. and just rug us all. Like that's, that's well, what the Seahawks do. I think it was one of those games where like neither neither the Seahawks nor the Lions wanted to be in the game they were in. <laughs> like no <laughs> one was pushing anyone. It was just like the the beginning of that game, Rashad Penny slamming into the line. He's going nowhere. It's like nothing nothing was getting going, but the Lions they're so bad. And Penny I guess is kind of a, a build up, you know, got to get him in a rhythm type of guy. That's what he <laughs> says about himself and he <laughs> I think he has a point. So I, you know, it was one of the, he's now ripping off along touchdowns. Now the, the Lions offense really came alive and they're throwing a ton. But the Lions want to be a run first team and the Seahawks want to be a run first team. So the uh, the other and th- there's lots of enthusiasm for the Lions in the chat. What I will say here, I'm excited about the Lions, but this is such an, a brutal spot from this weekend. Like, I think they crater here. Like, if you're looking to buy low on Lions, wait till after this road game in New England. Um, I completely agree. It's going to be gross. I've seen like six people point out that they think it's really bizarre that the Patriots are still favored by three at home with like uncertainty with who's going to play quarterback and everything against the Lions. But you, you, you think that line's pretty, pretty legit. I, I do. I mean, if you, if you look at the Lions schedule right now, they've had three dome games Right, they got to play the Commanders at home. Then they were on the road versus the Vikings, and then home versus the Seahawks. I mean, it's about as beautiful of a fantasy schedule as you could draw up. And now you're going to go on the road to New England. It's fucking gross ass weather out here. Belichick's going to have your number. They might even sit a Monroe St. Brown in, in lead up of the bye. Like, I think they get rocked here. I could totally see it. I also I like, like the under idea of like. Yeah, that's the, what um, I bet was the under. If the pass yeah. just control the game, yeah. Yeah. Well, we know they want to do that. We know they want to play. Because the thing, like with the Packers, some teams have passed on them. And or, wait, where was it two weeks ago? They they went run heavy in a matchup where I was ex- where I was like, they'll probably go run heavy, but you don't have to, but they will. And then they did. So that's where, that's where my head's at on the, on the Patriots. <laughs> that over, I believe I bet it at 46 and a half. I took the under on it. I don't know if it's come down a little bit there. Wow, um, that's higher than I would have guessed. I mean, I know the, every Lions game has gone super high, so I guess it makes some yeah. sense. But that it I is the lowest thought. total of the year, isn't it? The Lions, probably, probably. Last week was forty-eight. I would yeah. have guessed though, with the Patriots being favored, that it would have been like 44, 45, like sub forty-five. You get up above forty-five. I mean, yeah, that's a nice under. That's a good pick. By the way, I was uh, thinking of the Ravens. The, people were passing on the Ravens, but I was like, I think the Patriots are going to try to play ball control here. Do you want to talk about uh, power? Like ESPN had their power rankings. I don't know if it's supposed to be like rest of season or what's hat, whatever. <coughs> they have the Rams at five and I think the Ravens at nine. And I'm like, just burn down your system. If you think the, the Rams the should Rams. be four spots ahead of the Ravens. I They're mean, one that me. I think I'm too high on here. I yeah. call them probably haves and they, they maybe should be in the serious questions linger thing. I think just, they're serious questions linger. Just that cup is doing what he's doing. And then, then they're bringing along Higby too. as like being a viable tight end. I was like, all right, well, they're probably fine. Like so Matthew last, Stafford is good. Last year I yeah. made the argument that what cup was doing. And at the time he had like a 32 or 33% target share. I was like, I think this is, I was about halfway through the season, but I was like, this could totally be sustainable. We see seasons like this, but like about once a year, someone has a season like this. So like, 
they'll just write it off as unsustainable. He currently has a 37% target share. Do you guys want to guys want to take a guess who the only wide receiver since 2012 to have a higher target it's Marshall, share? Marshall, right? Brandon Marshall. It's Marshall. Brandon yeah. Marshall. 41%. Was that the Bears Jay Cutler year? Or was, was that a Broncos? I think it was the year. Bears Josh McCown year, maybe. Oh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's crazy. And then Julio Jones is at 35% in one of one of his seasons. And and that would be the second highest. So this does feel unsustainable. I'm actually like not like worried about Cup, obviously, but it's like I think Cup's better off if he gets less targets and the offense improves because I don't think he can maintain this target share. It looks like it I probably mean, but, was the Cutler year. I just pulled it up. He had 192 targets and Cutler played most of that year. The Josh McCown year was sweet too, though. Because what? I, in their perfect world, the Rams, as they envisioned heading into the season, is what, eight, nine percentage points of that target share would be going to Allen Robinson, right? But he's so dusted yeah, he just that they have no choice. Has no that would help them. That would help playing, Yeah. Yeah. He has no interest in playing football. So that's exciting. Somebody asked about why, uh, why this year though. I, we got I mean, it last year, Alan. But yeah. now you should try. But now he also doesn't care. He's just like, <laughs> dude. My favorite play of the week probably was the third and two out pattern, and he like <laughs> caught it and went to the ground. And it was a third and two, and it was a one yard catch. And Troy Aikman's yeah. like, yeah, ah, but it, it, you know Stafford's gonna want that one back because he he missed him on it. So like, and then they showed the replay, and Aikman was like sort of confused because he was like. Well, and he just lost his footing because the throw was perfect, right? And, like, I don't even think he lost his footing. I think he just dove when he didn't need to on a one-yard third and two out where you like, you got to catch it and turn up field and get the first down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Like, like either run two yards He was just like, I'm going to or... dive and secure this one-yard catch. <laughs> I like, did it. What are you doing? Like, the uh, – um, what was I going to say? Shit, I forget what I was going to say. Um, really dropped the ball like Allen Robinson. <laughs> oh, no, that, thank you. I was going to say, uh, Drico and Sam, uh, they covered that situation in depth this week on Stat Chasing. If you guys aren't watching that, that's live for members on Tuesday night, streaming at 7 p.m., and then we make it available for everyone in both audio and video form the next day. But check that out on the channel. They're doing an awesome job. Sam's been tweeting out the charts. They go through it, <coughs> looking at all of the underlying stats for across all the positions. And they also are giving it, you know, uh, looking at it through the lens of these best ball contests, specifically on underdog. And uh, I think it's just really, really good stuff. And based on our metrics, underwatched uh, to what it should be. So if you guys watch the show, if you like it, I highly recommend checking out Stat Chasing. A uh, few more minutes here until the bids are released. There were some what, questions about Pickett. I think uh, Pickett, yeah. Pat and I might have slightly different opinions on that. I'm pretty excited about Pickett because, I mean, I think like I, he's a guy that I don't, I, I didn't like as a prospect, but he actually, when I wrote about him a couple of weeks ago for Signals, had a really good preseason. I went back and looked it up. He completed over 80% of his passes, had a really good passer rating, all this stuff. It was like one of the top pass ratings of anyone who you know threw a certain amount of passes. And then last week, he throws the three picks, but he completes all 10 of his other passes. His yards per attempt were actually really strong, like over nine yards per attempt, despite having three interceptions, which are not helping your yards per attempt, obviously. Um, showed a little mobility, had two rushing touchdowns, and they can't really run the ball. I mean, I think the Steelers are going to give up some points. Their defense is a little banged up. And, like, we know that they're willing to just throw, and he has weapons. Like, this could be – if he's – I think this is an offense that elevates like his fantasy scoring to, relative to whatever he is. So like I said, the opposite with like Justin Fields, for example, however good that guy plays, he's going to look worse in his offense. Pickett, however good he plays, I think he's going to score more because he's got weapons and because they're going to be 
throwing more because they can't really run the ball particularly well. Um, if he's actually average or like dude, like above average, like if he plays well as a rookie, this could elevate him into like legit, um, you know, usability in single QB leagues every week, like sort of like Herbert was in his rookie year. But I don't think Pickett's necessarily Herbert. But I mean, that's the easy comparison, right? That we made last year with like Zach Wilson. Like no one wants to talk about this QB. And obviously, Zach Wilson sucked. Not every QB is going to be uh, Justin Herbert, but Pickett is a guy who has a little bit of mobility and is in a good enough offense with some good weapons that I feel like he can be pretty solid fantasy quarterback. So, Ben, yeah. you you know how to sell me on things. Making this an anti-Najee Harris case is a pretty good way to get me on board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do agree with you. They can't Najee run the Harris ball. sucks. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm I so excited time. about about Pickett and yet this short term outlook like they've they have stacked the deck against him basically every yeah. way possible you don't Why? give him 10 days <laughs> to prepare for this Jets game where he would have crushed I think if he had a full 10 games against this you throw him to the Wolves and now this schedule is just unbelievably brutal on the road against the Bills who have been the best against uh fantasy QBs to start the season uh then you're against the Bucks on the road at the Dolphins on the road at the Eagles I mean these next four weeks like Kenny Pickett uh, if he shows us anything through this stretch, it's going to be extremely bullish. Yeah, it's tough to start him this week. Someone was asking him or Wentz this week. Like, I honestly might take the swing on Pickett. I don't know who's Wentz playing this week. You might have to go Wentz. Someone else was saying can't decide between Lawrence, Goff, and Pickett. I'm taking Goff over Pickett. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over Pickett right now. Yeah, Trevor, like, La- Trevor Lawrence, I think yeah. that would be who I'd start those, this week. Those are guys that you're taking over Pickett, but – in a lot of our leagues, we're talking about Pickett or Mariota, and I was really in on Mariota. I've now moved to where I would rather play Pickett just because, like, what happened with Mariota this week, what happened with Arthur Smith willing to give 14 straight running back handoffs, and, like, it worked, but, man, fuck off. Like, play play football in 2022. Like, what are you doing? Golf has play. <laughs> yeah, what they're doing is they're playing the Jacoby Brissett Brown, so. <laughs> That's that. That was the impetus for the has and have nots thing. Was like I had Marcus Mariota in so many lineups because you think he has some rushing mo- mobility of all the stuff, and it's like what I didn't think through is they have the potential to do what they did, and Mariota just doesn't score any points, and you you get in, like he doesn't actually have a floor if they're going to run that much, if they're going to be that offense, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean we I don't I haven't <laughs> quantified this in the walkthrough, but one reason I like doing the walkthrough research is that it does help you think through the range of outcomes on. These games, like when we think about totals and stuff, it's like a static number. And there was that had a pretty high total, right? It was like 48 or something. It was decent. Uh, the yeah. Browns? Yeah. But Browns, like if that game fails. Like 40, I think it was like 40, 44, 42. It was a little lower. I, no, I think it was higher than that. Because I, I remember DFS people were going to Mariota and stuff. Okay. Maybe it was, it was pretty, higher than that. But anyway, whatever it was, it's like there are certain games that have the potential to like go way under. And there's certain games like I like I really like the Eagles Cardinals this week because I think if it goes over, it could go like way over. Yeah. You know, there's like some some stuff like and I think the you know, to your point on the Falcons, like they're one of those teams that can just like go way under. They can and, go way, and way they actually under. got close, but to, to the so, to so the, the, the total. Yeah. But yeah. um Zach Wilson or Pickett, I mentioned Pickett at nine point three yards per attempt. Zach Wilson's career high is eight point four in any game, and he's only hit eight yards per attempt one time so far in his career. Like, that's sort of the point I'm talking about is, like, we just saw – I mean, there's only a 13-pass attempt sample, but we just saw Pickett play at a higher level, frankly, than we've seen Zach Wilson play in any of his games so far. So, like, the uncertainty with Pickett is what I'm talking about. He could be bad. But, like, we have some sample on Wilson that suggests that he needs to get better, right, to even be, like, playable. And he could get better. 
but I'm definitely taking Pickett over Wilson when we already have a sample that shows that he's not very good. I'm picking over Wilson. I think. I guess I just I haven't really shared the enthusiasm for Pickett because, like with Herbert, you do have some size, you know, and like even as a a rookie, you're like, well, you know, if he's kind of like a poor man's Josh Allen, that might be something. Or if he's like Blake Bortles, he's you're going to get enough like running around the goal line. And Pickett's small, so. I mean, he's like tall, but he's oh, not like, they, they he's want not a bit. Killed. They want a bit. Seven. Yeah, I'm giving it. I asked for, uh, okay. One of the, I said, give me a number one through 12 for one of their leagues. They asked for one, the bid in league number one that I have up in my tabs, $151 for Mike, Boone. Mike Boone, 151. That's like a, the, the middle of our bids. One of it them is. was that's cause that's cause, that's cause it's the league. <laughs> that's cause I'm in the league with you guys only. <laughs> and you guys are a bunch of Boone bears. I mean, Gretchen and I were having to bring these bids down. Yes, we were trying. Somebody says 513. I'm hoping he goes for 513 in every yeah. league. I don't want to win this yeah. game. I don't think we're going to have a single share of Mike Boone because he's such bears. Well, you guys, you guys I felt, hate upside. <coughs> Will knows what happened there. I felt very boxed out. I had to go to the chat to uh, start getting this Boone bid released here. Uh, Look, <laughs> you felt boxed out of giving away our high yes. stakes right. bids. Right. I mean, we, we had an important question to get to. Me and Pat understood there was an important question to get to about Zach Wilson and Kenny Pickett. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this will be very fun to see uh, what these we these All right, go let, for. Let's are gonna take. Be let's. What do you think the average bid is? Three oh six. Three fifty eight. I'll say. That's a good guess, Ben. I'll say three ninety-five. Yeah, as the bull, you had to go yeah. over, and it it might be if there's enough like six hundred dollar bids, which there will be some. <coughs> We're about to find out. We're I'll, I'll, we I'll I'll read through it. So we had a one fifty-one, a fifty-two, a three fifteen, a three eighty, a three eleven, a two fifteen. Not available. Weird. Uh, 112. He wasn't available in one, yeah. Yeah, 215, what? 222, 388, 32. You're, you're apparently the bear, Pat, because yeah, somebody out there was stashing Mike Boone before yeah. this week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, that guy is the real Mike Boone bull. That's Levitan. He's he's uh, he's in one of our leagues. Dude, Levit, there's two things that are contributing to this fucking sky-high inflation on Mike Boone. It's these Melvin Gordon fumbles and Adam Levitan being it's like, hashtag Adam, team preseason. It's Adam Levitan's <laughs> fault, 100%. Yeah, exactly. The first thing I thought of when I was thinking about Mike Boone bids was Levitan's going to drive this price up so much. Just like, oh, Well, man. just wait until he hits. I can't I can't wait for the, for the little videos that we're going to get from etr on this oh, well levity had already did a tweet that was like if nathaniel hackett knows what's good for him he'll give boone like 50 percent of the work right, <laughs> right out of the gate i was like god damn it <laughs> well i mean think think about it think about <coughs> boone going off next week think about the etr videos we're going to get to watch i mean this is like uh free content we got to root for boone that is true the the etr social media team will whip up uh some good mike boone uh content for sure um, all right, let's see. Uh, co-managers release the bid screenshots here in a second. I can start doing some refreshing, seeing how we made out here. Um, doesn't look like they've processed on the site yet. Well, let me let me just say on Pickett just to get back to it real quick, but like, yeah, I just 
It's not that I yeah I agree with you Ben on like Zach Wilson and stuff, but it's like I just haven't been able to get excited about like what the ceiling case is for him. Like if Malik Willis was starting, like I'd be you know I'd be like he let's might, empty the clip. He might run for two touchdowns and throw for a nine point two yards per attempt because he's mobile and throws downfield, right? Oh wait, that's what Pickett did in a half last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his very sustainable <laughs> quarterback sneak touchdown. I mean, the other thing, Pat, again, talking about the schedule stuff, it does get much, much better because, uh, let's see, so week 17, they play the Ravens, who their pass defense has been awful. Yeah, yeah it's been They bad. play the Raiders the week before that in 16. They play the Panthers in 15. And then <coughs> they play the Ravens in week 14. Um, that's a pretty nice, nice stretch there. Yeah, although, I mean, the Panthers, that's a – this is still the Mike Tomlin Steelers. They, they're not going to be fun. If they if they're not forced to be, but I, I, those Ravens double matchups are going to be sweet. They're going to yeah. be forced to be because Najee Harris is bad. Not against the Panthers, they won't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Najee Harris is going to look like the best player on the field <laughs> against the Panthers. Yeah, oh my God. Um, this, kind of piggybacking on this question. So Andrew's following up. Can you guys talk about what you're doing at QB and leagues where you had Lance uh, narrator a lot or didn't land one of the top six to seven guys? I mean, this is kind of what we're talking about, right? Where we are trying to piece it together and starting you to think about, do you cut us. a Mariota? <laughs> do yeah. you cut a Mariota right now? We're, we're talking we're about Jared on. Goff. If you got him, cause you didn't get him. If, if you didn't have him yet, then you're, you're probably fucked. Uh, or you're looking, I'm looking at Kenny Pickett. Like, the, like Wesson says his up, his ceiling case is Baker Mayfield's rookie season. That's probably reasonable. What I'm saying with Kenny Pickett is we don't know. And yeah, yeah, then I sure. want him on some of my rosters because of that. Especially when we have space, we have 18 man rosters. We're in a massive tournament like this. He like George Pickens could be a star. Deontay Johnson is a really good, you know, chain moving volume receiver. Pat Frymouth has taken a step forward. Chase Claypool gives you some athleticism as a fourth weapon. Like they have, like I, I, when I was talking with Davis earlier, he was making a case for Zach Wilson and he was saying the Jets have a way better pass core receiving core than the Steelers. And I'm really high on the Jets too. I love Garrett Wilson. I like what they have. I think the Steelers is right there with the Jets in terms of their group of receivers. I think they have like real good talent that he's going to be catching passes from. And I think their system is better than like what Baker Mayfield's rookie system allowed. Like the the way that they chucked the ball around with Roethlisberger and stuff, even just this half, they let Pickett chuck it, and he threw a pick on his first pass. And you know the third one was a hail mary at the end, but they were still letting him throw a little bit. They they ran a decent amount too, but I think he could get to a place where he's throwing 35, 40 times a game because they kind of need him to, and in a you know a somewhat exciting passing game where he can throw for three hundred fifty yards sometimes. Like Mayfield's Mayfield's rookie year. He didn't really have the opportunity to throw for 300 yards, run, run based offense. You know, he had some uh, strong efficiency through for a lot of touchdowns. I get the point. Like that is a, that is a realistic ceiling, but I think uh, Pickett could be even better. So I was looking at just on the Claypool point. I was looking at um, some of these double team numbers of how many guys, how many times guys have been double team. Um, I was writing about it for Jamar chase. Cause I'm kind of pushing back on the whole like T Higgins equals Jamar chase, uh, which I think is bullshit, but Chase Claypool has seen the sixth most double teams uh, in terms of routes where he was double teamed this year. Sixth most. Same as Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb. It's kind of interesting. Chase Claypool. He's drawing coverage. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. And and to be clear, I I, I just want to throw this in. I don't think Pickett's going to be a star, and I'm not like starting him anywhere I can help it this week. Like, I just want him on a roster in some cases as a third quarterback if I have the room. Because, like, you. 
we do have some deep leagues and we don't have a lot of options and you got to find something like to the question about if you had Lance and you don't have QBs, you got to find something. All right. We have some bids coming in. This is from our ship chase yacht club team. We got Khalil Shakur who we didn't even get to talk about uh, before lock here. We got him for 52 uh, Dolchich for 53. Interesting. Like the Dolchich stuff was all over the map because he went, in the Sunday run in a lot of our leagues. And yet here, the second closest bid was a buck. So wait, Latavius Murray went for 363. That's insane. Yeah, we wait, went low Mike on Bo- these. Is this the Mike Boone was already gone? Mike Lee? Boone was this, gone. This oh, was wow. the, okay. That makes, I mean, Jesus Latavius and God damn. These Mike Boone bids are about to be big. If Latavius we're, we're talking 800 if he's in the, yeah. Wow. Um, let's see these other ones here. Zach Wilson, 17, Geno Smith, 17, Swag new kickers on in this one because he's not. I don't see him on here. I'm curious um, if, if he got a little hype because I a couple of people that I'm playing in leagues, other leagues with, like Sean is one of them. Like in leagues where we needed a QB, he want he had it at like 150. Wow, our guy Jet, uh, 650. All right, I was Whoa! I was yeah, way out yeah. here. The, the froth is the people... froth is real, man. Because <laughs> the other shit. thing, I we should have mentioned this, but like the other thing is that like unlike the Elijah Mitchell injury and stuff. Like people spent a second round pick on Javante Williams. So you have the Javante owner going like, oh, fuck. That's true. You know, that's Pat, always going to increase I, the bids. Can I hear for it? You're, you're okay missing out on, on like- 650? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Holy I think shit. the most I would have been comfortable winning is about like in the three, maybe, I, to be honest, I would have been comfortable at like 402, but that would have been like, you gotta, you gotta really need him. You gotta be starting Kenneth Walker, who which we are in one league. I will tell you this: I prefer Mike Boone at six fifty than I do Latavius Murray at one eighty. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Latavius Don't want either. Murray, like, I not. <laughs> uh, will Disley seventy five? So Zach Wilson going in some of these leagues. Um, all right, the bids are coming in. Let's see here. Um, Mike Boone. Okay, this one was more reasonable. Four oh five here for Mike Boone. And I believe Man, we're not going to we get any. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, That's a bit of a bump. See, I'm bummed to lose him there. If we if we went to 380, which one? Which league is this? Wow. This is the G unit. Yep. We're uh, not desperate there, right? Or Wait, we, we didn't are. have a 150 plus for Huntley though. If we were no, on we, 380, our Huntleys blue. were like 50s. Oh. I I think it was closer between those two. Personally, ooh, Christian Watson got cut. That's interesting. Yeah, Christian Watson cut is interesting. Noah Fant cut. Um, How many of these boom bids are going to be like this one where it's a Javante Williams cut? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Zamir um, White was available? Dang, man. With the way that they went so heavy on Josh Jacobs, I kind of think Zamir White is becoming a pretty valuable handcuff at this point. I agree with that. I didn't realize he was available. I was going to uh, check Come on, him. Chris. Let's see another league where we got Shakur uh, for 61 feels good. Mike Boone, 257. This was the league to go get Mike Boone. Which league At is least this? We were, this is a uh, shot chaser with our Steelers. This oh, is this is, we have Najee and Eckler. So yeah. we, I think we went light. But it, it, at least the thesis was correct that the variation on these Boone bids were going to be all over the place. Now we have a 250 to what, what was it? 800 range. I, I think um, the thesis was correct that Boone was going to go for a ton of money. Personally, it's the guy who said that. I mean, we it would have saved us all I a lot of arguing. If we could have just said, yeah. uh, let's not go after any of these. Uh, <laughs> what was our bid here? 
We got Khalil Shakur for 61. Yeah. I feel it was good. probably in the low 200s, probably like 212, 215. Um, all right. Here's our slow bros team here. Oh, we got Mike Boone here. Uh, 388. Bye. Go. There we go. Bye. We overpaid by 200. <laughs> Oh, wow, 176 next closest. It, I wonder if there was someone, Pat, who could have maybe helped us get a <laughs> price there. Wow. Oh, come on. Guys, Latavius hey, hey. went for 202. So whoever, I mean. Latavius wow. was going to go for more for yes. Boone? Yeah. If we insane. bid lower, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Someone put in 202 for Latavius and then like what, 170 for Boone or something? Oh, my that's God. Nuts. That's nuts. Shakur here, 98. Uh, Huntley 89. Seeing a lot of these. Such a weird bid. I guess that that's fine, but I don't know. Psychologically, I just can't ever do it. Dolchich here for five feels nice. Oh, yeah. Man, you put in a price enforcement bids in the low 200s, Pat. Uh, I did because in any in any leagues where you guys were like, I don't even think we want a bid on Boone. I was like, cool, I put in 215. Well, you should have done that here. (laughs) It would have been great. (laughs) (laughs) No, we need him here. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see what we got Just with be our happy to get him in one spot. Ben. All right, fine. 469, 469 in Buckeye Boomers. Corey Davis going for 389. Latavius Murray 133. Kenny Pickett 55 here. We get Shakir. Man, we are we the Shakir Bulls? I mean, we got him I everywhere. Guess so I thought he was one of the best waiver ads this week after Mike Boone. He he got volume. He plays yeah. he plays no matter where they need him. I think it's gonna be tough for him to play consistent like for us to want to start him consistently but i agree but the fact that he could have a huge opportunity to get on the field and then parlay that into more is like that's a peak that i'm pretty good offense yeah yeah it's worth 50 bucks he's now in a situation where if like gabe davis re-aggravates the ankle he's he's like a 400 fab guy so i feel pretty great about getting him at the prices we did uh, Huntley goes for 29 here. That's a nice price. <coughs> Josh was not happy with us. He said, funny that we bet more on Shakir this week than McKenzie last week. I think he wanted McKenzie last week, and we didn't really want to go that high on him. <laughs> we did. We kind of like, we chickened out on McKenzie. McKenzie looks a lot better. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. How, how much did McKenzie go for? McKenzie didn't go for much last week, and we, it was last week. We didn't yeah. bid on No, 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 I know. I know what I'm asking what I he forget. went for last week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I, if I'm crazy. I think I prefer Shakir as far as like upside scenarios where you're actually comfortable starting either of them. I think the Shakir upper end is I think I'd be McKenzie. I, if McKenzie just gets the whole slot role, like he's going to be Cole Beasley is startable, right? Yeah, I think that I agree with Pete when the, the upper upper. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. If Gabe re, re- injures and all that stuff, yeah. I, I, can, yeah. I, I can see that. Let's see here. Um, I think these were most of them. If anyone else has uh, screenshots that I haven't seen yet, but uh, Josh said McKenzie went for one eighty nine last week. We weren't going to get one eighty. Yeah, that seems. I, I like. I, I prefer Shakir at this price. I do too. Cost adjusted yep. for sure. Um. Well, yeah. A, a lot of a lot of Dion Jackson, uh, Philip Lindsay. I know. Like, it seems like in our circles, everyone was worried those guys were going to be way more expensive. And unless I misread, I'm pretty sure those guys were all going cheap in these. Yeah, we didn't really bid on them. Deion Jacks, I guess $20, next highest bid a dollar. Like those would have been guys I think you could have churned for sub five bucks in most yeah. spots. I don't think there's, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of value there, honestly. Me neither. Their team sucks. 
Sucks. Uh, you need yeah. Jonathan Taylor to be Jonathan. And Taylor. I, I think Hines gets like eight to ten carries personally, but yeah, people are like he's not going to get any more run. Like when Taylor missed a game in twenty twenty, they gave Hines the start and gave him ten carries. They were running him out of the single back like right away, and he's had. I wrote it up this week, but he had like four games last year where he had like at least I don't know six six carries or something. And in twenty twenty, before Taylor was established, he had like that many in a lot of games. He's going to get at least like six carries, maybe like eight. They're not going to be a 25-carry team. So whoever else gets carries is going to get like 10 is what I'm saying, and no receiving work because Hines is – like they've wanted to use Hines. The reason they're not using Hines is Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. You know, and he's not Melvin Gordon. He's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I the, the reason they were attractive, right, is it because of the take a peek on Thursday. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you could, you could just toss him back. <laughs> Um, look, if you can't make yourself laugh, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's true. Let's, uh, let's take a peek. We're trying to do, uh, spotlight one of our teams each week. I think, uh, this week we should just look at our ship stealing team, which this was a team yeah. we drafted the slow main event back July 4th, I believe is when this one, uh, yeah. Yeah. when this kicked one off kicked July off, I believe we, uh, we I was on pretty vacation, light. pretty light on Boone here. <laughs> You're gonna you're already gonna tilt boot here. <laughs> I don't care. Um <laughs> we got Caleb so, Huntley. So this okay. team, I was I messaged Pat on uh or both these guys on Sunday, and I was like, I remember when we were on the clock and I was like, Jamal Williams, seriously, and uh and you guys sold me on the upside scenario, and it was such a pleasant surprise to have Jamal Williams on this team, and he's uh he's carrying us right now through this through this stretch. Him and Singletary really stepping and Singletary, up. yeah. 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 yeah I just like pretty solid. I just pull up our draft board. This is a team where we were really stoked to get Michael Carter, Gainwell, and Jarek McKinnon, I think, in this like 11, 12, 13 range. And then a couple rounds later, 15. I think Pat was definitely the one pushing the, the, the Williams thing, but it got me to buy in pretty quick, I think. Um, that like Williams in the 15th round was not much different than guys like Melvin Gordon in the 10th. And it was like, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like, like yeah. there's no reason we shouldn't take Jamal Williams in the 15th round. And we're yeah. seeing Jamal Williams has been one of those guys too, that like has been kind of the answer at zero running back for like four of the last six years. And every year we're like, but it won't be this year. <laughs> we just keep, <laughs> cause he's boring. Like I, you know, so kind of nice to and see it, him. Man, and this it's- is, we wanted AJ Brown over Higgins so bad. I mean, if we didn't like, it's still so great bad. to have Higgins, but man, it, this team would be, we also wanted Gabe Davis over Bateman. Yeah. On we this did. one. We wanted and Gabe was not going in the fifth by the end of it. He was going in no. the third. We wanted Davis so bad in the fifth. Bateman looks good though, man. Just this team like <laughs> hasn't even come close to reaching its full potential. I mean, both Chase and Pitts have very much underwhelmed. We haven't even fully seen the Cardinals clicking, although I guess Marquise Brown's feasting on uh on volume we had the one spike week from devonta smith was that even in our starting lineup when that happened i don't think it was uh it might have been it wasn't in a number of our lineups but uh what was that week three uh it was either two or three uh we left it on our bench but, but we scored 143 points in that game yeah, yeah. we would have we would have crushed it but it's just weird because this team like being three and one feels good because it doesn't seem like a lot has broken perfectly for these plays it's i mean it feels like a re kyler is a guy who just like 
to me in, 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 you know, trade leagues screams by low right now where like you haven't gotten Hopkins back. You just got Rondale back. They actually used him in a real role. Like he's going to, he's been throwing to AJ Green and Zach Ertz. He's going to wind up being able to throw to guys who can move. Marquise Brown's coming on. I mean, their, their whole passing game is going to look different down the stretch. Kyler, Pitts, those types of guys, we might be one of the only teams that gets this type of combination through because we've had some other stuff go really well. And that's like really enticing, obviously, to potentially have some high upside players in the, I mean, I'm like, I can't imagine a lot of Pitts teams are going to make the shootout. No, they're not. Yeah, yeah. No. We, we did it to get unique. That was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, that was the thesis of the play. Well, I mean, you guys, we were talking about, you know, Claypool and how he really is going to be the odd man out. I was listening to Gretch and Sean talk on stealing bananas. Similarly, you know, having this like it, like at what point does Claypool become a roster clogger versus like a guy you don't want on one of your opponent's teams? I. I think we need to let it play out with Pickett. I mean, everything that Ben said about us not knowing, I mean, we really don't know. I mean, it looks like he has a connection with Pickens, but you know, this, all this stuff with pass catchers is volatile. So maybe, maybe Claypool really benefits from this. I I think Claypool's like probably the odd man out, but there's been a major shakeup to the offense. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the other, yeah, how do we feel about the rest of this zero RB room? Like things did not break I would say, well for Michael Carter, Kenneth Gainwell, relative to our enthusiasm of when we got those guys. And yet, you know, hitting on Singletary and Williams, it's it's almost a, a moot point for now. Yeah, I was a little bit – I was kind of trying to push Boone here because – partly because I was like, I don't – the thing I don't like about this room is that I don't feel like there's much upside in it. You know, like there's some contingent guys like we're we're getting production. It's a productive room with Jamal Williams and Singletary, but <coughs> both those guys could turn to dust. And there's no one like I really don't. I mean, I'm starting to lose faith in, in Gainwell as being like a guy that, you know, week 15 or something. We're super psyched to have like there's no one. Does anyone jump out to you as like someone you're psyched to have in the shootout I mean, here? No, I will say if Miles Sanders got hurt, this Eagles offense in, in Gainwell. Yeah. That would start to get pretty exciting. They have no choice but to use him a good bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I just noticed up above that we have Williams on a week six by. I mean, we're a week away from buys. This is week five, and then Singletary yeah. in a week seven by. So these two are nice right now, but we're talking about needing to play, you know, Michael Carter in week six and seven, probably. Unless which, Caleb Huntley doesn't feel something. good. Maybe, yeah, maybe that four seven seven speed he got quicker. Yeah, you know what. Cordell Patterson's still going to be on IR. Caleb Hunt right. might be might be the guy to use in those weeks. Well, and this is this is the beauty of zero RB though too, right? Because like heading into the season, we would have looked at Jamal Williams and said that's not a sexy name, right? <coughs> There's not a lot of upside yeah. here. And then you see how quickly things change, and how even an unsexy player can just take a hold of all it takes is stretch. one Damian Pierce rolled ankle and Rex Burkett's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, uh, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll have yeah, our maybe work this is one of those teams that just kind of pieces it together and we never have anyone hit, but like we just kind of get enough production. But I mean, you can see the way we go. <laughs> like, we're still, I mean, to your Claypool point, frankly, to the Dulcich thing, like if Dulcich doesn't show much right away, like we might want to cut him for another running back. Like, we gotta, we gotta devote a lot of rush spots to running back here. Yep. Um, so yeah, this is definitely, we do have, obviously have some pits teams that, uh, 
are in the shitter. So it's nice to have one that could hang on and, uh, and make the playoffs and maybe that offense gets fixed. Next week we will, uh, we'll touch base uh, for any of our co-managers who haven't been on yet. If you guys want to come on and uh, chop it up about our team, reach out to me and we will make that happen. Any other final thoughts for you guys on Mike Boone week? It's nice to see people spend some money. I mean, even if yeah. uh, even if we didn't get him in a lot of places, which I think is fine because he he was very expensive. So you know, like I would have felt bad, right? If we're like, if I was trying to talk you guys into like, you know, two eighty three oh five, and he goes like three, you know, three oh six. That's always a bummer. But to see him go for six fifty, yeah, let's go get that money out of the room. Yeah, yeah. The, it's also so funny, like to. You know, taking calls on SiriusXM, people asking, uh, dropping pits, Dad making a joke about dropping pits, and then just wait, assuming pits is fine with this hamstring, like he's gonna be 25% owned in DFS again this week. Like, like people are just gonna jam him in their buck springbacks, and because people just don't give up on a player with his profile. Um, and we have no choice here, there's no trading, there's no better alternatives. We're, we're going down with the Kyle Pitts ship, man. If it's not this week, I don't. I don't know when it's going to be because this is a this is a nice please be healthy Kyle Pitts because this is a nice setup. It's a really nice setup. I mean, you still have variable shakeups, right? Like any chance we get rid of Arthur Smith, we get a quarterback change. I mean, there are there are still things <laughs> two and that two, are. aren't they? Yeah, yeah he's sticking around. So Arthur Smith's building himself a little moat where he can't be criticized <laughs> for how stupid he is. He is his little castle. <laughs> now I just pictured us. I need like some, I just want some beautiful painting of us, like the ship chasers, like throwing the string across the <laughs> yeah. boat and like scurrying up the castle. To, to <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's us castle. outside with, with yeah. our Pittsburghs so and there's a little moat. Like we need this yeah. three game stretch we were talking about before they get Carolina. We just need yeah. them to lose three really embarrassing games. Cause then the cop hits <laughs> questions when the media will come hot and heavy and it'll be, it'll be a different scenario, but have you considered playing your best players? Yeah. Until then he's winning games, which is the most annoying part. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it, it's also crazy how quickly it went too for this. I mean, we all collectively had a bullishness about Drake London and even this game just like almost zapped it right where you're like, holy shit. Like it doesn't even matter if he has this kind of target share. Like h- how do you yeah, share of what? Yeah. <laughs> What's the denominator one, <laughs> which is so just, bad. uh, Lawrence Jackson had, uh, he, he told him he, he, uh, he actually said this on the fantasy football happy hour as well. He mentioned that I think it was with seven minutes left in the third quarter, Marcus Mariota threw an interception, and following that interception, they had one more passing attempt. Yeah, holy shit! That's when they went fourteen one, one. straight running back runs. The next, one, the next drive was ten straight handoffs, and they scored a TD on the drive. He literally said, "I am not passing again." No, what yeah. he literally said was, "We're going to run the piss out of the ball." He <laughs> did literally say that because yeah. they had him mic'd up for NFL Insider. He went yeah. around. He didn't just say that. He went around to everyone on the Telling everyone, team. Yeah, we're gonna run the piss out of the ball now. <laughs> and then that's uh, we're gonna that's a, establish is, it, baby. This is a good one. We do. I, I would love to have Lawrence on. Oh, yeah, I've never on. gotten to do a show with him. Every clip I see, he's crushing it. He makes he's me awesome. laugh so much. I love yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. Um. Great call. The um, how how did that how did the show go? So I saw someone in the chat earlier asking where they can watch it. Pat, do you have a link for the people? So uh, it's going to be on YouTube. Last I checked before we got on, it wasn't <laughs> on YouTube yet, but it will be soon. NFL on NBC. 
uh, the show will be on YouTube and uh, tweet it out. We'll retweet it from the uh, the ship. All right, I'll tweet account. it out once it's out. I don't think it's out yet, but yeah. So Lawrence went on and uh, and I went on and we did. Lawrence did uh, a segment and and then I did a segment on kind of like fantasy rich, fantasy poor environments. Basically, you know, games I like this weekend and games I don't like. Lawrence's uh, was like a start sit thing. So yeah. yeah, it was fun. We we um got a chance to talk to to Jay and Connor and do like about ten minutes each. I think. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, you got you got a lot of a uh, lot of engagement farming on that selfie from the set, Pat. That was that was blowing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually got to pull this up. <laughs> so good. So if it looks because someone was like, "Why do you look like CGI Marty McFly?" For one, I am yeah. wearing makeup in that photo. Do, I, I was gonna say, yeah. Look at this. Yeah, that that's a smooth face right there. You can tell that's a smooth face. Yeah, you still there's still a the, little red around the eyes. <laughs> the eyes over here. <laughs> look at that. Look at Lawrence over here prepping. You know, actually, no, he's on. He's live. He's live. Okay, you're waiting yeah. in the wings. Okay, I'm waiting in the wings. Yeah, that, he was on doing his segment. That's why I was like, turn on if you because uh, it goes live out on Peacock at, at noon yeah. every day. So. Yeah, uh, I was telling the there people you, you, could, you could check it out right now. There you go. I should have, uh, Pat. I should have had sent you with like a ship chasing mug or something to sneak onto the set and just see if uh, <laughs> if anyone would have noticed if you left it there. <laughs> would have been a good bit. if I was just like this <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> drink out of this ship, just put it right to camera. <laughs> my, my friends and I had a bit when we we'd go to Vegas every year for the divisional round of football, and we'd always go get brunch at this place in the new york new york called the nine fine irishmen and we'd always request this private room in the back and we would always like leave something like there in this back room and every year come back and see if it was still there and i'm just telling you the amount of joy you get from just a year later seeing that something you put there is still there is it's incalculable <laughs> okay <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the set but there is like a bunch of kind of they have a bunch of jerseys up and yeah. like helmets and stuff so there's like a lot of I wonder it's if cool. I could hide a ship chasing. Pat, I think <laughs> it's like now. Is it worth? Is it worth alienating a lot of people that, Pat, that are I, alienating NBC? I'll, I'll smooth things over with Barry if he gets pissed off. I think it's worth the bid equity. <laughs> 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 what I think is like I wouldn't be on the show. It's Barry's show. <clears throat> Barry's what if, just doing his show with his ship chasing one. What if it? What if I actually had like the bug made with one of the like the the piss like the Calvin and Hobbes like pissing thing? Yeah. That's it. You want to get the piss boys on on Big Peacock? We got to do um, a classy logo one at least. Exactly. Uh, all right, Ben. Anything else on your radar coming out of the uh, the stealing signals bunker? Anything else on tap for you? No. Sleep. Right. Catching sleep. up on some sleep. Trying to get healthy. That's right. Um, all right, guys. Appreciate you. We'll catch you in the Discord. Catch uh, Stat Chasing if you missed it. It's available up on our podcast feed and, of course, on the channel. Good luck this week. Get those Ws. We'll see you soon. <laughs>